Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. God, speak to us now with clarity. Speak to us with strength. Speak to us with power. Have your way. Get the glory out of everything we do today. In Jesus' name, say, Lord, I'm ready. Speak now, and I will obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go to work, 915. Our series has been Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And Sunday's message was this. This is the business that we've chosen. And we looked at this scripture in Luke 2.49. This is Jesus responding to Mary and Joseph after he goes missing to them. He Listen, he was in the right place, but they lost him. I need you to catch this out. There are certain people that are going to be missing when you're in the right spot. You missed it. See, to them, Jesus was missing, but Jesus was actually where he was supposed to be. And I need you to be okay with who you thought was missing, but they no longer fit. I need you to be okay with who you thought was missing, but they're no longer a fit for your future. See, to, G- to them, they said, Jesus, you're missing. We don't know where you're at. But Jesus said, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be handling my father's business, which means miss, we, miss me with all of your foolishness. Miss me with all of your junk. Miss me with all of your drama. Miss me with all of your unfaithfulness because I'm going to be on my assignment. And some of you need to be excited that there's some people that are going to be missing in your next 12, which means you're finally going to be in your right place doing the right thing at the right time that's a whole word right there Luke 2 49 he said to them why did you seek me did you not know that I must be about my father's business say must be it's interesting what we think we must do and the stuff we think that is optional I want to submit to you that for your next 12 to be better you're going to have to be about the father's business and as long as there are other things that are more important than that you're going to continue to experience struggle continue to experience lack continue to experience things that you do not need to experience see Jesus at 12 he said listen I don't care what y'all are doing let me tell you what I must do must be must be means there it means I'm occupied in other words I'm so occupied with the opportunity God has given me to use my life to change lives that I can't be occupied with your mess 
Let me tell you why you got so many nosy people. It's because they are not about the father's business, so they're all up in your business. Jesus said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So here's what we learned last Sunday, that in giving his life for us, Jesus expects us to give our lives to him. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So with you yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Now, here's what he's saying. He's saying you are only a spiritual to the degree that you build the church. See, for people who say, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not going to do nothing to help advance the church, you're not. Because the Bible says, if you want to be spiritual, strive to excel in building up the church. You become your best spiritual self when you are throwing yourself into building up what God is doing. And there's nothing that we do that's too small. There's nothing that we do that's too little. There's nothing that we do that's insignificant because everything requires builders. I need you to make this declaration. Say, I don't just believe in God. I build for God. And when you handle God's business, I got some witnesses in this building and online. Won't he handle your business? See, the reason you've done as well as you have in 2020, while other people were getting laid off, other people were stressed out, other people were depressed, is because you kept building his thing. And so God says, let me keep building your thing. Because I'm going to tell some of y'all, it could have been a whole lot worse. Y'all ain't going to talk. It could have been a whole lot worse. You could have died in the hospital, died on the ventilator, died on the respirator, died in the car accident. You... Somebody holler, but God. So listen, we grow spiritually by excelling and building up the church. And how do we do that? Five T's I teach you. And those of you who need to listen to these the most are those of you who have been under me the longest. Because sometimes you think, you can think, listen, it's difficult to teach people who think they know everything. There's an old Chinese proverb that says you cannot fill a cup that thinks it's already full. And, and, and for some of you, watch me, you watch, watch me, watch me, I need you to listen very carefully because you've heard these five T's and you're like, I already know that. Mm-hmm. But does your fruit reflect that you know that? Let me be your pastor for a moment on this last Sunday. God says, listen, I got you ready in 2020, but in 2021, you better stay ready because you ain't going to have time to get Because when I call you for it, I'm ready. I'm not waiting. I'm not giving you no time to get dressed. I ain't giving you no time to get your makeup on. I ain't giving you no time to get your shoes laced. I need you to be ready. So time, that's faithful church attendance. This is how we build the church, faithful church attendance. All right? You cannot expect to get results from anything you're unfaithful to. And listen, attendance with all of you, not just your body, but actually your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Sometimes you can be in something and not be in something. I am amazed by how many people can be around you and never be with you. Never think that somebody's presence means that they are present. Faithful church attendance, all of you. Number two, talent. That's serving in church. You have gifts. You have talents. You have skills. You have abilities that God wants to use to build his church. He says, this is what you should excel at. All right? Here's what's amazing to me. If he gave you the talent, why is it that everybody else gets use of it first? Somebody say, God gets me first. God. Uh-uh, I need you to say that like me. Say, God gets me first. Then here's the next thing. Your thirst, your prayer, your praise, and your worship. That's why I said what I just said a moment ago. For those of us that are in the building, it's so important that we never have to be cheer-led. Uh, and those of you at home also, that we never have to be cheer-led. You should only have to think about what God has done for you. And you should realize you owe him. 
So when they say clap your hands, listen, I ain't waiting on nobody to tell me to clap the moment I hear a beat. Because the Bible says if I don't do it, he'll make a rock do it. And I'm not going to have a rock. Do you know what that means? God says, I refuse to deal with your stank attitude about praising me. I'll make a rock do it before I beg your ninja self to do it. I need you to open your mouth and say, I owe him praise. Then your treasure, that's your faithful tithing and giving. God says, I want 10% off the top of everything. God said, church, but I have my money. That's what he said. Why? Because when I put him first with my finances, he blesses the rest. 100% cursed is not going to do as much as 90% that's blessed. That's Malachi chapter 3. That's Bible. But not just that, but in giving. See, tithing belongs to God, but giving is what I do above and beyond that. And that's where we see increase. See, our tithe is, belongs to God. Everything we give above that, that's how we see increase. That's what your seed is. Do not be mad if you never reap a harvest based on a seed you've never sown. Let's make this bigger than money. Some of you all are expecting consistency from people and you've never sown that. Sometimes you're expecting honesty from people and you've not sown that. Y'all ain't going to say that to me, 915. you got to be careful that you are not expecting a harvest of something that you've never sown. It amazes me how many people want these amazing lives when their seed doesn't reflect that. But I need you to make this declaration and say, my seed determines what I'll see. Talk to me, 915. Say, my increase is in my release. Then your testimony, that's inviting others to church. Who knows Jesus because of you? Who knows Jesus because of you? Or did you invite those four people, and because those four people didn't show up, you're like, well, I invited everybody. Really? You invited four peoples. Four, uh, how do you say? Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Cuatro personas. Southern Spanish. Check this out. Who knows Jesus because of you? I am blown away by the messages we receive from people that say, my friend told me. I met some folks on, on Christmas Eve saying, says, I said, how did you hear about it? They said, my friend was posting on Instagram. And I said, where is it that you go? And she said, the moment I came, she said, I have been here since that year that I heard about it. And I've been faithful. I met her for the first time on Christmas Eve, but she's been faithful since she heard. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Is that when you share, people get saved. Say, when I share, people get saved. Here's the problem. We can incorrectly think, though, that doing those things will exempt us from pain. Let's turn the corner. Because we can say, God, I'm doing all of that. Why am I going through pain? Can I even be honest with you? You can think that because you're a Christian, you should be exempted from pain. You'll say, listen, listen, God, I've given my life to you. I put you first. I give. I sow. I do, I do all. I do everything I'm supposed to do. Why am I going through pain? Who in the last 12 months you went through some pain and you questioned why you had to go through pain as if you were exempt from pain? Some of y'all are liars, which means you're still in pain now because I saw some hands not go up. Let's tell the truth. You're like, God, I do right. Why am I reaping sloppy people and I ain't sloppy? Why am I reaping half butt folks and I'm not half butt? Which Sunday is this? Fourth? Oh, but it is the last Sunday of the year. Like, can we be honest, 915? 
Like, there's stuff we go through. We're like, God, why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this pain? Online, do that hand wave emoji. And you're like, God, why am I dealing with this pain? Listen, everybody listen. Christians aren't exempt from pain. You want me to say it loud? Christians aren't exempt from pain. Here's the difference between us and those that are not Christians. Our pain has purpose. And our pain announces promotion. When the unsaved go through pain, they just hurting like hell. But when we go through hell, what hurts us most is helping us greatest. How do you know that, Bishop? Isaiah 66 and 9, New Century Version says, In the same way, look at this, I will not cause pain without allowing something new. Here's what's implied. And better to be born. Which means you need to tell some people, I'm so grateful that you were sloppy with me because you allowed me to find something better. I'm so grateful you were inconsistent with me because you allowed me to find something better. Come on. I'm so grateful that you lied on me because you allowed me to find whatever yours is. I'm grateful for my pain because I found something better. Open up your mouth and say, thank God for my pain. Say it again. Say, thank God for my pain. I need you to catch that. God says, I'm not going to cause pain. Unless I want something new and better to come forward. In other words, everybody look at me. Pain is God's announcement. I'm going to talk to y'all over here because these people over here are saying that. I need y'all to respond right. See, when we look at pain, we think it is, it is a negative. And really, Isaiah 66, 9, pain is God saying, hey, girl. Hey, boy, I'm about to do something new and better in your life. Where are you going to do it? The same place I have the pain is the same place he's about to do something. I need you to give God praise for your new and your better. 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 Say new and better. Because you can get new, but it not necessarily be better. He says, this is going to be new and it's going to be better. Where is it going to be? The same place I caused the pain. So here's what I need you to do right now. I need you to not be mad at nobody. I, I need you to not be mad at nobody. Now, we talked on Christmas Eve. You missed Christmas Eve. You need to go watch that word about forgiveness. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. Let's just be honest. You, you got to hear messages on forgiveness like a hundred times. Because we hear it and we get excited about it and then we see them. Y'all ain't going to talk? We hear it, we get excited about it, and then they text us. We hear it and we get excited about it and then you think they finally got their stuff together. And then here they come with some more of this ish. Ish is the Hebrew word for man. <laughs> I just gave some of y'all a whole new way to talk. Like, she coming in here with this ish. Manly behavior. That's what it means. It's a Hebrew word for man. Now, check this out. Check this out. That sounds amazing. Forgiveness. Forgiving. Sounds great. Till it's time to do it. Sounds powerful. Until it's time to do it. 
For some of you, God tested you with that the very next day. Because you got that word on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas Day, God was like, oh, you, you got that? You got it? And he took something. Look, red means hot firecracker. He took it and he threw it in your face. And you tried to catch it, but you dropped it. Listen. Here's the problem with pain if you don't handle it the right way. Number one, pain, let me define it. Pain is an unpleasant sensory or emotional experience. Now, that's interesting because pain is subjective, which means what is painful for one might be pleasurable for another. You ever met people that go to the gym and the more weight they put on, the better they feel. They're like, oh, I'm pumping this iron. And then other people are like, I ain't trying to do all that. Give me them fives. That's the number of grace. Come on here. That's the number of favor. You're doing too much. Listen, it's an unpleasant sensory, which means I can train my senses. If I pay attention, I can train my senses to no longer see pain as pain, but to see pain as pleasure because it's subjective to my senses. Which means what pissed me off in January... I can train myself to not care about it in December. I use that word on purpose because you and I don't live in a place where we don't talk real. Are there some real people at this 915? What angered you in February, you can train yourself to not even, I'm unbothered come December. Because it's based on my senses. So there's certain things that I can learn to not be bothered by. There are certain things I can learn not to be emotionally attached to. You got me? It's an unpleasant sensory and emotional experience. It's unpleasant. Now, emotions, emotions, to emote, E, out of change. So your emotions come when things begin to change. So here's what this really means, is that when I'm emotional about something, it is my way of trying to regain control of change. You cry to get control of change. You get an attitude to get control of change. You get the silent treatment to have control of change. You run your mouth to have control of change. You don't say anything to control change. So pain means it's unpleasant to my senses and it's unpleasant to my emotions. But it's subjective to me. Which means if I learn, if I listen, to increase my pain tolerance. And for some of you, 2020 has been stretching your pain tolerance. So that what made you angry weeks ago, the same thing can happen now. And you look at it and say, you know what? I'm really not even bothered by that. I'm really not even upset by that. Matter of fact, let me apologize to you for letting you work me up. I should have never gave you that much power. I, I should have never given this situation that much energy. I need some of y'all not to let what messed with you in your last 12 mess with you in your next 12. Everybody holler, I'm unbothered. See, here's what happens. If you don't handle pain the right way, pain can paralyze you. What does that mean? You'll stop doing what was working because you're paralyzed. Like you can't move. Like your arm worked, but now it's paralyzed, so it doesn't work. Pain can paralyze you, so you'll stop doing what works. It's amazing to me how many people, you do good, you're faithful to God, you're faithful to church, you're faithful to giving, you're doing all that. That works. Then you get into pain, and then you're paralyzed, and you stop doing what works. 
And so now it's like, okay, well, what did you expect? Like, listen, and I know I use this example a lot, but it's true because most of us can relate to it. Like, if I stop working out and I stop eating right, what do you expect? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Somebody, I got good genes. Okay. <laughs> they may be good. That don't mean they're going to fit. I'm just saying. I know I use examples like that a lot, but most of us, we can see that, right? It'll paralyze you, so you stop doing what's working. How many be honest that in the last 12 months, just be honest, you with me, so you can be honest. Let's treat it like it's prayer, okay? Just me and you. Anybody else here? Okay, just me and you. Online, just me and you. Anybody else here? How many of us can be honest that in the last 12 months, you noticed there was a moment in your life where you stopped doing something that you knew worked? Some of you, if you don't put your hand up, I'm going to call on you. Okay, good. We all did. We all did. We all did. Me, listen, me included, we all have, which means I need to find where that pain was so I can make sure in my next 12, it doesn't paralyze me. Because I got too much living to do. I ain't got time to be stuck in the bed. I don't have time to be sitting up crying. I ain't got time to be sitting up eating bonbons, watching Oprah. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Here's the next thing pain can do. Pain can produce poisonous pathologies. A pathology means an abnormality in your thinking in the realm of psychology. So when you're in pain, you can start thinking crazy, but it seems sane. Like you can start, it's amazing to me how I, I remember sometimes people would come up to me and say, I just feel like Bishop was preaching about me. You, you are that narcissistic to think that I crafted a whole message about you But when you have a poisonous pathology, that's called the Holy Ghost letting you know he still loves you. So what he does is he convicts you. He doesn't condemn you. So the word that was planned already, this was planned. The word that was planned already, God says, I'm going to customize it for you. You ever, you ever spoken to somebody and been like, what, what are you talking about? Only three of us have. Y'all, rest of y'all are the ones we met. No, seriously, like, you've been talking to somebody, and you're like, what are you talking about? I, 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 know, you, I, I know you ate that cereal. I just got back. Yeah, but you took it with you before you left. And so I ate it in the car while I was driving to the airport? Yep. Now, everybody's listening to me like, what is he talking about? When you're in pain, that's how you sound. What you say is abnormal. It doesn't even make sense to you when you think about it. I know she intentionally said that to me like that. Or do you just have a chip on your shoulder for any time anybody says anything to you? Because you're still in pain from what your sister did to you. Still in pain from what your mama did to you. Still in pain from what somebody else did to you. Like you're thinking, here's what really happens. Here's, here's, here's a poisonous pathology. You become a firefighter of the fires you start. You start a fire and say, oh, my God, how did this happen? Let me go get my fire. And then you run in here to try to put the fire out. But you literally got the matches. 
So as you put water on it, you throw another match. As you put water on it, you throw another match. And so consequently, you keep seeing some of the same things repeat in your life because there's abnormalities in your thinking. Like you begin to feel justified in doing people wrong. Y'all ain't going to talk, 915. Because you're like, you know what? Somebody did me wrong. And so you know what? I don't care. I don't care. It's about me. It's about what I want. And God is like, okay. You're going to learn today, though. Because if you make yourself an idol, he's got to take you down. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, here's pain can, here's this next one, can prong others. Can prong others. Doesn't mean you begin to poke and create pain for others. How do you do that when you're in pain? You become passive aggressive. Passive aggressiveness is like um, a knife behind a silk shirt. You really are trying to hide your hostilities. Let me give you some examples of hostility. Let me give you some examples. Um, somebody's being celebrated. And because you're passive aggressive in your hostility towards who's being celebrated or the fact that you're not being celebrated. While everybody else is clapping, you're doing this. Because in your poisonous pathology, me doing this is hurting who's being celebrated. Now realizing who's being celebrated is learned to only go with the goers and to only pay attention to who's clapping. Right? You, you, you can begin to be passive aggressive with people. And so, and so rather than saying what it is that needs to be said, you throw attitudes, you throw innuendo, you do all this extra. You even will post on social media in a passive aggressive way. Like you didn't post that because you actually wanted to. You posted that because you wanted somebody to see it so they would know you all right. Y'all ain't going to talk to me on this Sunday morning. Now realizing what passive aggressive is saying is you're saying you're in pain. You're in pain. You, you, like there's something that needs to be fixed here. And our culture celebrates passive aggressive people. Oh God. Please say amen. It seems like the more passive aggressive you are. And our culture now begins to give people passes for being passive aggressive. Oh, just give the guy a break. Well, you don't say that for everybody else that acts like that. Y'all say amen because I'm about to go down the street and I'm trying to turn the corner. Oh, that's just how he is. No, somebody needs to tell him, grown men, don't act like that. Sit yourself down before I, I wish I would. Grown women don't act like this. That's just how she is. You know how she do. Well, somebody needs to tell her that's not okay. All right. Let's move, 915. Poison and pain, excuse me, it can ruin your perception. So you don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. 
So you only see it from your angle. In this room, I can see all of y'all. Y'all can see me and something that's under construction. You missed it. So if I'm only seeing it from my perception, I'll say everything behind me is good because my perception doesn't see what's behind me. It only sees you. So sometimes when we're dealing with people, what happens is they are only seeing it from their angle, from, from their perception, not realizing their perception isn't the whole picture. But pain refuses to even consider somebody else's picture. Pain refuses to even pay attention to somebody else's perspective. Pain says, well, you know what? I don't really care. I just don't like the way. No, 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 no. Not understanding. Boo, this is not even about you. Sorry. Not sorry. Like, it's not about you. There are certain things, everybody listen, that are bigger than your feelings. There are certain things that are bigger than your experiences. Y'all still with me? All right, I'm talking it through right here because I want you to see this. Pain, here's the last thing it can do. It can produce pride. And, and listen, if you're listening to a word like this and, and, and you've got a little attitude, this is where you at. All right? I just, I just need to be real direct. It's the last Sunday of the year. I just need to be direct. Okay? I'll preach it at the 11.15. Let me just teach it at the 9.15. Okay? Look at this. Pain can produce pride. What does pride say? Pride creates a hardened shell. To protect against future pain. So somebody says, hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. Well, tell all your neck all of that. Tell your face all of that. Pride is trying to prevent pain. Let me give you another example. Y'all ready? You doing okay? I'm fine. <laughs> you alive? <laughs> Your whole life. Because that twinch and fine tells me you're not. You want to know who we get prideful with the most? Y'all ready? The people we spend the most time around. Because you like, you ain't finna hurt me. How am I doing? Great! I mean, you ready for a fight. You're like, what? I'm good. You ain't making no breakfast today? No, I ain't making no breakfast. You can cook. But you think I'm the maid? See, this is what I'm talking about. This whole family don't respect me. See, y'all gonna miss your water when your well one dry because I ain't gonna be putting up with the... All we asked for was some sausage. I, that's all. Daddy, can I get some money? Money. That's all you kids want from me. Provider. That's all you kids want from me. Y'all don't never just come in and ask how, how my workday was. There are eight. I'm out here busting my butt, and all y'all do is sit up and criticize. Like, 
Whoa. Can everybody just say that with me? Whoa. Here's what pride does. Pride, pride is like a hard shell on the outside because I'm going to protect myself from future pride. You're not going to hurt me. So to keep you from hurting me, rather than expressing my pain, I handle you with pride. Here he goes. Rather than saying I was wrong. It got quiet right there. Some of y'all, before this year is out, there's some people you need to go to. I have a list of people. <laughs> I'm just joking. There's some people you need to go to and say, hey, you know what? I was wrong. It is not the responsibility of the offender, or excuse me, the offendee, to go to the offender and apologize. We live in a culture where here's what, here's what we want people to do. This is crazy. This stuff is nuts. It's nuts. Here's, here's what we do. Here, you come. Won't you come? So, and here, won't you come? Come on. Come on. Uh, actually, hold on. I'm going to have you come because you got that new Harvest hoodie on. I like yours too, but I need to do a quick commercial. Stop by the Harvest store to get your new hoodie. <laughs> I like both hoodies, both of them. And then in case you don't want that one, come on, let me get yours too. Wait a minute, I got two good hoodies. Come on, come on, we're going to have a commercial break. Fashion show, let's go. Here y'all, there you go, boom, boom. Y'all all pose, there you go, pose for the camera, boom, there you go. Oh, there we go, Harvest Fashions 2021. Thank you, ladies. All right, so, no, sit right there. So, here's what we want people to do in culture. This stuff is nuts. So, if she hurts you, here's what culture says. If she hurts you, what culture says is culture wants the person. So who hurt who? She hurt her. So here's what culture says. Then she needs to come to me to make it right. She the one that screwed up. She's supposed to go to her and say, I screwed up. Here's the, here's the caveat. The Bible says if you have an ought against somebody. So if you're in pain, and now you're mad at her. Watch the reversal. Now, God says, if you're mad at her and you have an ought with her, it's your responsibility to come to her. Here's what pride does. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. I'm going to give it to God. God says that's because you're immature emotionally. For all your I'm grown talk, you won't even go have a grown person conversation. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I am maturing emotionally. That's a cop-out to say, I'm just going to give it to God when you can fix it with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pain can produce pride. How many of you be honest? Thank you, ladies. Just stay close. How many of you can be honest that in 2020, you saw some pride poke out in your life? Let's be honest. Your hand's not up. It's doing it now. We all have. But so why do you do stuff like that? Because as a pastor, there's a time where you let the sheep move on their own. Then there's other time you say, y'all, come on, let's go. So it's the last Sunday of the month, so come on, let's go. Parents, there's a time you let your kids wander through this, though. Then there's a time where you say, we got 10 minutes. You ain't get nothing. Don't go over there with them toys. You stay right here with me. Mama, I don't want no pots and pans. You better stay over here. We are going to these pots and pans. So as a shepherd, what I'm doing is just moving us real fast. Because you cannot take the baggage of your last 12 into your next 12. 
You can't take the pain of your last 12 into your next 12. I need you to make this declaration and say, my next 12 will be my best 12. Say, and I'm going in my next 12 without the pain of my past. Put a praise on that right there, 915. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, let me give you an example of how to handle this. Because whenever I need to know how to handle pain, I just look at someone that handled it well. Our series is Emmanuel, God with us. So we're going to take a few moments to just look at how Jesus handled pain. In John chapter 11, verse number 3, here we are. He's dealing with Lazarus. Anybody say that with me? Lazarus. Mm -mm, drop a couple actors. Lazarus. Here it is. So the sister, now this is going to make me shout. Because for many of you, you're going to see yourselves in this. So the sister sent to him, who's him? Jesus, saying, Lord, whom you love, who's that? Lazarus. What is he? Ill. What did they do, y'all? They told the Lord their concern. Some of you said, God, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to experience this. I don't want to have this happen. They told the Lord their concern, but I need you to look at verse number four. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness doesn't lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, uh, who's Mary, and Lazarus. Say so he loved them. But I need you to see what he does after they tell him their concern. Because you think he's supposed to run to the rescue. But when God is maturing you, he doesn't run to the rescue. You want to know what he does? He waits. <laughs> Look at verse 6. So when Jesus learned, this is going to make me throw this microphone. So when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he didn't go to him. Look at the screen. He waited two days longer in the place where he was. I don't think you understand. He said, oh, he ain't feeling good. Oh, I'll wait. Lord, come now. Mm -mm. If I had time to show you, Jesus says, let's go to this other city. His disciples said, Lord, they just treated you like dirt in that city. He said, I know. He said, I know, but let's just go over there. See, for some of you, God, you thought him taking long was punishment. It wasn't. It was to expand your pain tolerance. I'm going to tell somebody, he intentionally allowed the pain because in your next 12, you're going to have the capacity to deal with the pain. Somebody say, he's expanding my pain tolerance. He doesn't. They said, Lord, he's sick. Watch me. And you love him. This ain't some regular guy that needs a healing. This is a guy you love. And for those he loves, he doesn't come quickly. God Almighty. See, some of you are like, God, why didn't you move? Why didn't you stop this? Why didn't you block this one? He said, mm -mm. no. Nope. Because I'm going to allow pain. When you told me Lazarus was sick, he was alive. Can I teach them another story? Let's skip down to verse 14. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. What? You just said this sickness won't lead to death. Now you're talking about he gone. What? Everybody say, what? In other words, Jesus said, I could have showed up when it was just the sickness. 
I could have showed up when you were just dealing with thoughts. But I waited for it to, to go to the furthest extent it could get. You'll get you. I could have showed up to block it from happening. But I waited until it got to its worst point in its worst condition. Because what I'm doing is expanding your pain tolerance. Because I need you to learn how to handle more in your next. What are you trying to tell me? Whatever he didn't block is for your good. Whatever he didn't stop is for your good. Look, look, he says, Lazarus is gone. But Lord, you promised me it wasn't going to happen. You promised me you love me. You would protect me. I am protecting you. I'm a good father. I am protecting you. I'm a good father. I am protecting you. If I let it get past me, you got this. If I let it get past me, you got this. I just need you to throw one of your hands up and say, if he let it get past him, I got this. Uh-uh, you ain't saying it like you mean to say, I got this. Look, look at verse 15, and then you watch Jesus. I love Jesus because Jesus is a whole G. Look at what Jesus says. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. Let me see if I can say it another way. And for your sake, I'm glad this happened to you. Why? Because you're about to believe. In other words, it hurts, but it's helping. 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 Somebody say, it may have hurt, but it's helping me. So watch Jesus' next words. Watch his next words. This is how you handle pain. But let us go to him. Well, Jesus, why didn't you go when he was this sick? Why didn't you go when, when it was only one bill I needed to figure out how to pay? Y'all ain't going to say that to me. Why, you didn't, why didn't you come when it was just one issue with my family? Now it's 50 mum. He says to you, I'm glad I didn't come. I didn't want to come to your little Christmas party. No, how? That's what he said. I'm just joking. Listen, he says, I'm glad I didn't come. He says, because you know what, Mary, Lazarus, Martha, you're so close to me that you think my love is supposed to remove your pain. Now realizing that your closeness to me made it so that you never really had to believe me. Because you always saw me show up. I need to get in your business for a moment. You save, but you don't really believe. You only go say that to me. You serve, but there's parts of your belief that are not there. There's areas you don't trust me, and I know you don't trust me because your response to me not showing up was why didn't I show up? Instead of saying if he didn't show up, God's about to get the glory out of this. I'm almost done. Can, can I finish this? So look, Jesus says, let us go to him. In other words, here's how you handle pain. I go to it. I don't run from it. So Jesus is like, okay, he's gone. Now I'll go. You're in pain. Now I'll come. You can't stand him no more. Now I'll show up. 
You ready to throw in the towel? Now I'll come. I didn't come when you were strong. I came when you were weak. Because in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Let us go to him. Say, I'm going to it. Not running from it. All right, look at this next part. Verse 16. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go so we can die with him also. I need you to check this out. It's so bad. Thomas is like, let's all just die. You ever had pain so severe that the thought of your exit brought you comfort? I need some real people at this experience. I, I don't need no lies. I don't need no fakes. I don't need no Have you ever gone through so much pain that you thought, maybe if I wasn't here, maybe if I wasn't on the earth, maybe me not being here will solve my issue. Maybe I should just give up. Maybe I should just tell them all to go straight to hell. Maybe. Here's how you handle pain. Don't let pain asphyxiate you. What does pain do? It tries to choke you out. Thomas, Thomas, who we already know, Thomas is a doubter. Got to be careful who's around you when you're in pain. Because they'll introduce an idea that brings comfort, but it's crazy. It brings comfort, but it is crazy. It's nuts. It's drinking Drano and bleach combined with some fabuloso. Tries to choke you out. Just give up. Just die. Just quit. Don't answer the phone. Sit in the house all day. Just eat. <laughs> and then eat. <laughs> and then eat. <laughs> and then eat some more. Or he says, don't eat. <laughs> don't eat. Don't eat. I just heard this in the Holy Ghost. And then when you do eat, throw it up. I don't know who that's for, but in the name of Jesus, I prophesy you will not deal with bulimia in your next 12. That's for somebody under the sound of my voice. I got to quit because I am i can't go into a flow. I got to go to 11.15. Everybody look at verse 35. What did Jesus do? He wept. Wait a minute. Jesus is in pain. Wait a minute, sir. This is a pain you could have prevented. This is a pain you could have stopped. This is a, it didn't have to be like this, but I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, but it needed to happen. It didn't have to be like that, but for some of us, it needed to happen. So look, so look, I got to finish. Verse 39. So Jesus said, so he goes to him. Let me just fill in the blanks. He basically goes to him and he gets there. And uh, one of the sisters comes out. The other sister's in so much pain, she disrespects Jesus. Got to be careful that pain doesn't make you disrespect who you need. They disrespected Moses, but they needed Moses to get them into the promised land. You better be careful. Your mouth, your mouth don't write a check that the other side is unable to cash. The other sister disrespects Jesus, and she doesn't come out when Jesus comes. So Jesus comes out, and the other sister's like, I'm standing in the house. I'm mad. I'm angry. My brother gone. I can't believe this, all that. And Jesus is like, where's she at? Jesus said, I don't care nothing about, listen, I don't care nothing about how she feels. I'm here. I don't care nothing about how she feels. It's, I'm here. Some of you missed it. I don't
don't care nothing about how she feels. It's time to praise me now. I don't care nothing about how she feels. It's time to worship me now. I don't care nothing about her. And some of you, you keep thinking that your feelings are an excuse to withhold your worship. I need us in this building and online to just take five seconds and worship God right there. That my feelings will not get in the way. That my feelings will not get in the way. My feelings will not get in the way. My feelings will not get in the way. I will not withhold the worship he's due. In my towel. So she says, so, so he says, thank you. So he says, so he says, listen, he says, uh, tell her to come here. And so he, she crying. Everybody listen, there's professional mourners around them. And they're playing the flute. Because they were trying to, listen, they were trying to make music for the moment. And in the moment, pain was producing this sad feeling. Have you ever noticed when you're in pain, what you listen to? You have your go-to playlist when you're in pain. Boop, should have cheated. Boop, I don't, mm -mm, with you. It's got me through a many a night. So listen, I'm just saying. I'm just joking. So listen. Um, no, I don't know nothing about that. Listen. <laughs> my advisors, my millennial advisors, write it all down for me. <laughs> if I listen, if I listen, they're playing music and saying, hey, 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 you all need to be sad. Because Lazarus is gone. And Jesus shows up. Jesus said, bring her here. Lord, if you had been here. Then watch what she does. It's not, it's not in the verses I'm showing you, but she's like, but I know in the by and by, I'll see him again. In other words, her pain made her conclude. You missed it. Her pain made her put a period where God was putting a comma. Come on, 915. I need you to not put a period where God is putting a problem. Somebody say, to be continued. So basically, let's move. Let's move. I got to quit. So Jesus walks up. He says, show me where he's at. Take me to him. Jesus gets in front of him. In other words, she said, take me to where your pain is. Show it to me. You're so used to putting stuff in caves. You missed it. You put him in a cave. And you hid him because you're so used to hiding your pain because nobody else knew what to do with it. So Jesus said, take away the stone. In other words, I need to see where it is. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, notice they don't even use his name anymore because pain will make you try to forget what needs to be remembered. You'll forget that he was Lazarus. You'll forget all of the good, and now you're only looking at the pain. And I need some of you, watch me, there's some good stuff from 2020 you need to remember. You need to remember how he made a way. You need to remember how he opened doors. You need to remember how you recovered from corona. You need to remember how you... Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there's an odor, and he's been dead for four days. Let me tell you what she's implying in her statement, because she's petty. In her statement, she's saying, well, had you been here, we wouldn't be here. 
Had you been here, I wouldn't be here. Had you been here, I wouldn't be here. So it stinks now. So what does that mean? How do I handle pain? I need to experience it. Some of us, we deny the pain. Rather than saying, that hurt, but I'm going to be all right. That hurt, but I got this. I can do all things through Christ. So say, I must experience it. I can't deny the reality of that. And here's the deal. And it stinks. It stinks that you were good to them and they were not to you. It stinks. Can we just tell the truth? It stinks that you would have fought for them and they wouldn't cross the street for you. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks that you've been praying for them and they've been praying on you. That stinks. Can I be, be honest? It stinks. Whatever your pain is, it stinks. But I need you to look at this next part. Look at this. Look at verse 40. Jesus said to her, I like him. Stay right there. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you? See, the closer you are, the realer he talks. So you're talking about, I just want to be close to the Lord. That means he's going to talk to you real direct. Ain't going to be no thou shalt come. No, he can be like, if you don't sit, I swear, I will. He talks real to you. See, the closer you are to the head, then that means the realer what you receive has to be. And for some of you, stop asking God to use you and stop asking God to elevate you if you can't handle direct talk. If you want to be handled like a child, then stay in diapers. But I need you to know in your next 12, God says, I need to be direct with you. I need to be able to speak and not put no sugar on it, not sugarcoat it. I need to be direct with you. Didn't I tell you you were going to see the glory of God? In other words, he says, when you're in pain, baby girl, I need you to remember. When you're in pain, sir, I need you to remember. Didn't I tell you I was going to get the glory out of this? Didn't I tell Parents. Every parent knows how to say this right now. One, two, three. Didn't I tell you? Every parent knows how to say it. Parent, you got nieces, nephews, little cousins, play cousins, Zoom cousins. Didn't I tell you? Look at verse 41. So they took away the stone. And when they rolled that stone back, it stinks. It stinks to have to confront what hurt me. It stinks to have to confront what I'm disappointed about. It stinks to have to confront this challenge. But nonetheless, this is what I got to deal with. Look at verse 41. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes. What does that mean? He's looking at the tomb. That stinks. Everybody watch what he does. Then he looks up. You missed it. I'm going to look at this, but then I need to focus. I'm going to deal with this, but now I need to focus. I ain't got longer than a few minutes to sit here and cry about this. Now I need to focus. I don't have more than a few moments to be upset about this. Now I need to focus because I've got an assignment here. And although I love Lazarus, now it's time for me to tell Lazarus. Somebody say, I need to fix my focus. For some of you, the pain seems overwhelming because you're focused on it. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He's praying out loud. Go to the next verse. I thank you that you have heard me. And look at verse uh, 43. 
when he had said these things, he cried out with a what? A loud voice. How did Jesus handle pain? He prayed. How many of us handle pain? We cuss. Don't judge the person who you think is a serial cusser. Because I've learned the most unsuspecting amongst us. Them the ones. The ones that had an extra good church outfit on. They create words. You'd be like. Let's be honest. Maybe you don't cuss. Maybe you go passive aggressive. Because remember, pain paralyzes you. Produces poisonous pathologies. Produces pride. Pain does all these things. Look what Jesus did. Jesus, the scripture says, Jesus, somebody say he prayed. Pray. Notice what he didn't say. Lord, I'm so sick of this. I'm so tired, God. He looked at his pain. And he said, something good? Come out of that. Something amazing? Come out of that. <laughs> something wonderful? Come out of that. God's about to get the glory. Come out of that. Say, Lazarus, come here. And the man who died, listen to the phrase. And the man who died, listen to the phrase. And to place my hope for my future because of the pain of my now, died. It came out. How did it come out? With its hands and feet bound with linen strips, strips, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, here it is, I'm done. Unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. What does this mean? I'm not going to be stuck in my pain. Let me go. Say, I won't be stuck in my pain. Say, let me go. Where are you going? 2021. Where are you going? To your best 12. Where are you going? Somebody say, my next 12 will be my best 12. Say, my next 12 will be my best 12. Say, unbind me and let me go. Say, unbind me and let me go. Say, unbind me and let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Who was he talking to when he says them? Some commentators say he was speaking to the people around Lazarus. But here's the problem. The Bible never records that anybody got around him. Let's just be honest. If you saw something that looked like a scene from Resident Evil with zombies coming out, you ain't going to be too quick to walk over there. So could it be that Jesus wasn't speaking to the people that were around Lazarus because nobody was around Lazarus? Could it be that he was speaking to the linen strips? Which means everything has an ear to hear. That's why life and death are in the power of my tongue. Which means I got to speak to everything around me. And I got to give it some instructions. I tell my pain, produce fruit. I tell my bitterness, produce fruit. I...
unbind him and let him go. Take me out of this insecurity. Let me go. Take me out of these low expectations. Let me go. Take me out of not trusting new people because of the mistakes of old people. Take me out of being fearful that 2021 might be a repeat of 2020. It won't be. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word DECISION to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.